0: uh, to take these next two weeks. And of course we, we're in this together. We're fasting, praying together. And, uh, it's, it's, it's not good to just waste your time, uh, while you're fasting and praying. And we've encouraged you about that. You don't want to waste your time. Uh, you want to press into the anointing while you're fasting and praying. And of course, as you guys know, one of the things we're doing in order to do that is we're reading the Bible together. We're reading the Bible in 90 days, and, uh, and setting our faith for revelation. And of course, we're praying every day, and we're fasting for 21 days, and today is day 10 of fasting. And so uh, we're not just gonna be live in the mornings, uh, Monday through Saturday, but we're adding these sessions at night, Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. And so just in case uh, you didn't know that, This will be a a normal thing for the next two weeks. So you can join me back here every night, nine o'clock Eastern Standard Time while we're fasting. Uh, And then we're going to be in two weeks of revival in uh, Roswell, Georgia, starting uh, a couple weeks from now, the 24th of January through the 5th of February. If you can get there, get there. Pierre, we're doing a liquid-only fast uh, for 21 days, and we're having any kinds of liquids, you know, juice, tea, coffee, water, and uh, so jump in with us. And um, also, we've—if you didn't know—we just finished and released this book on the subject of a complete guide to biblical fasting. It's available on all platforms now, Amazon. It's available available on our website, shop.miracleword.com, and of course, Apple Books and Kindle. So I want to encourage you to get a hold of that and uh, let it build your faith. But I want to start tonight. Kathy's she needs prayer. And, uh, I believe we can join our faith together and pray and that she'll get off the respirator out of the ICU, miss Thanksgiving, missed Christmas, but we're going to pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus at the very beginning of these breakthrough services, uh, as we're doing every single night, we ask you, we join our faith together as the victory tribe. We ask you Lord to touch Kathy wherever she is tonight. We know she's in the hospital. Lord, touch her lungs, touch her body. Bring her off of that respirator in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I pray healing flow through her body tonight in Jesus' wonderful name. And Lord, I pray that she'll quickly go home from the hospital and be made whole completely and take all the glory for it. Let the uh, doctors not even be able to explain what happened in Jesus' mighty name. And we thank you for that. And uh, we give you praise and glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Letty said, "I'm so glad you're doing this. Uh, it, do, it does it does help, and you know she's saying that in the comments. It does help uh, for us to come together and uh, and to be in the Word and to be in the anointing during times of fasting and prayer, without question. And so I'm going to take these time uh, the, these next what ten sessions at night uh, to teach, to preach, and to put a word in your spirit." build you up. Thanks for receiving that, Kathy. What's up, Josiah? I love you. And um, you and Alyssa are awesome. I'm going to start tonight, uh, by the way, and I'm not going to do a whole lot of preliminaries every night. We're just going to get into the word because that's what I feel these sessions are for. And so I want you to go with me to the book of Philippians chapter three. We're going to start in Philippians chapter three. I'm going to read you a a passage of scripture and then we're going to talk about it. We're going to break it down and I'm going to kind of mention something Uh, That's in the book as well. I'm going to kind of mention something. We're going to teach a little bit along those lines on the broadcast tonight. Brother Johnny Holt was in the Holy Ghost revival this last week. God was touching him. I thank God for healing uh, for the back and everything else that you're believing for. But we're going to show you some things from the word tonight. Check this out. I'm in Philippians chapter three. I want you to turn there and look at this. Um, I want to start reading with the 12th chapter. Philippians 3, 12, and uh, I'm going to read on through until I get maybe to the end of the chapter. So uh, open your Bible and uh, let's look at this together. And I'm going to show you something. Paul's writing to this um, church at Philippi, but listen, he said, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, see that, and straining forward to what lies ahead. That right there is a great principle for you to uh, grasp and then never let go of. In fact, I want you to put it in the comments tonight. Forget what's behind, strain towards what's ahead. Forget what's behind. Strain toward what's ahead. That's what I want you to write. Forget what's behind. Strain toward what's ahead. Many people are so caught up in the past that they miss what God has for their future. I'm going to say that again because I see this take place. Many people are so caught up in the past that they miss what God has for their future. You know, it's interesting. I was writing further, faster at the beginning of last year and the Lord took me to Isaiah where he was getting ready to do something new for his people. And of course we know that uh, passage of scripture that says, uh, where God spoke to his children and said, I am doing a new thing. Can you not perceive it? That's, that's the way he said it. I'm doing a new thing. Can you not perceive it? Can you not see it? But before he said that to them, notice what he did. He actually took time to um, go back over all the things that he had done for them uh, in their lives and in their, you know, as a nation. What's up, Linda, New Jersey. And after he went through all of the miracles, did I not part the waters? I mean, he he talks about his power in their past and I love it because after he's done talking about all of the things that he did for them, their testimony, if you will. Then he says, and I I think this is the new living translation, but forget all that. Hallelujah. But forget all that for I am doing a new thing. Can you not see it? So God literally led them through all of their testimonies, everything from the past. But notice what he did. He then transitioned and said, don't stay there don't stay there. I'm getting ready to do something new. Hallelujah. Don't stay there. I'm going to do something new. And you know, what's interesting. The interesting thing is this, Uh, Paul's making that same point really in this new Testament letter. He's saying, I forget those things which are behind and I strain towards what's ahead. Well, the past is the past. We can take a testimony from the past. We can praise God for the past. We can actually use that thing to overcome at a new level in the future, but you don't stay back there. And you know what's interesting? So many Christians, uh, they're like still living in what God did in the past. My God, I can remember 30 years ago we had revival. I mean, our church was in revival. We ain't never had meetings like that again. Oh, it was power. As though, as though God's done, God's not done. God's got new things getting ready to hit. I mean, I'm about to bounce out of this chair because it's that exciting for what God has planned for 2021. And one of the things we have to be very careful, uh, not to do is to get stuck in the past. Man, I can remember back when 2018, 2010, I remember back all these other things. You, you, You start looking at the past and you miss the future. You miss the now. God's doing something new now. And so Paul said, I'm forgetting those things which are behind and then straining toward what's ahead. Let me go further with this straining towards what's ahead. Verse 14. This is Philippians now 3 14. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Verse 15. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Verse 16, only let us hold true to what we've attained. I'm going to read you a couple verses that are going to blow your mind, but let's go to 17. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. Notice this. Paul said, I've set an example for you. Do you know he said this multiple times throughout the scripture? In fact, he said it to the Corinthians. He said, uh, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And another passage, he said, be ye imitators of me says the same thing here. Brothers join in imitating me. So he was saying, live like I live. I'm setting a standard for you. I am setting an expectation for your life. Do what you see me doing. Why was that? Well, he said, you could follow somebody else's example. And he's going to break it down. Look at this. Um, Verse 18. He said, the reason that I want you to follow my example, verse 18, for many of whom I've often told you and now tell you, even with tears, they walk as enemies, of the cross of Christ. Now look at verse 19 is so interesting. Catch this. Their end is destruction. And their god is their belly. Do you see that? If you don't have that highlighted in your Bible and underlined 3 times, do it. Their end is destruction and their god is their belly. Hmm. Their God is their, in fact, I want you to write it in the comments too. Their God is their belly. Their God is their belly. This is one of the things that fasting and prayer does for you as a believer. It ensures that you will not be a self-indulgent, carnal Christian. That actually, if you uh, lead over into that and give yourself over to that carnal nature, Bible says you'll end in destruction and I'll explain why in a minute. This is Philippians chapter three, and I'm now reading verse 19, Philippians 3, 19, their end is destruction. Their God is their belly and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. There it is. There it is right there. That you see that it's describing a fully carnal person, fully carnal. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. They glory in their shame and their minds are set on earthly things. See that powerful. This is a powerful warning from Paul. And so he's describing carnal people, but he said, but verse 20, our citizenships in heaven. And from it, we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform your lowly body uh, to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him to subject all things to himself. So let's break this down now that we're talking about it. Their God is their belly, self-indulgent, carnal people whose flesh is in control of their life. Their flesh is in control of their life. Paul said, rather than imitating them, imitate me. You know, Paul thought it was extremely important for himself to model a spiritual lifestyle to the believers. He, 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 he really held himself up and said, you know what? And if you look at why he was such a wonderful man of God, the Bible says he disciplined himself on a daily basis, subdued his flesh on a daily basis, and then we can see the purpose, not just so that he wouldn't be disqualified. This is, that's 1 Corinthians 9, 27. Not just so that he wouldn't become disqualified from heaven and become a castaway, but also, look at this, but also so he could be an example for the believers to imitate. Oh, hallelujah. I mean, I can remember, and I believe it's still truly the case, but I say this, as though it's not the case, but I can remember when men of God were truly men of God. I mean, let me say that again. I remember when men of God were truly men of God that, you know, they, I mean, I could, I could say some things, but I'm, I'm just going to tell you that they upheld a standard and that they weren't just literally doing whatever, saying whatever from the pulpit, going wherever, doing whatever. They upheld a standard. That's what Paul said. He said, I'm showing you how to live, imitate me. And he said in another passage, he said, even though I can't be with you, I'm sending Timothy to teach you how to live like I live. So do you realize Timothy would go into churches and train believers to live like Paul lived? He literally, that's true discipleship, by the way, live like this. Have these disciplines. You see that? Have these disciplines. There's power in this. Man, what I'm getting ready to release to you tonight carries power, man. Supernatural power. He said, the problem with the people I'm pointing out to you, don't don't imitate them. Don't imitate them. He said, because their end is destruction. That's That's not the end I'm looking for. I'm looking for the end in success. I want to end in blessing. I want to flourish by the end. You see, and their God is their belly. They glory in their shame. Their minds are set on earthly things. So one of the things, Suzanne, I call him God, but you can call him, you know, whatever you want. Um, <laughs> um, one of the things you have to be aware of is there is a constant force fighting against your spirit. And this is the power. See, we're talking about these breakthrough uh, sessions, the reason we're doing these every night, I want you to see that there is value, extreme value and extreme power in your fasting and prayer, extreme value and extreme power in your fasting and prayer. And we're not just doing this arbitrarily. We're doing this with a purpose. We're doing this not only because the Bible commands it, it holds within it supernatural benefits. And one of the things that takes place is that it gives you the edge. In fact, I want you to put it in the comments. I have the advantage, Write That I have the advantage, which you do by the spirit, but notice this, that by, by fasting and prayer, you see that that's why I took the time on this man. This may be the most important book that I've written. And it will see, I mean, it'll prove whether or not it was by what God allows it to do and what he uses it to do. But this may be helping Christians to understand that it's more than just a, some kind of spiritual uh, tradition. It's, it's not what it is. We've got the advantage and fasting and prayer give us an advantage. And I want to talk to you about that because in this principle that Paul's pointing out there, God is their belly. They glory in their shame and look what the Bible says. They end in destruction and their minds are set on earthly things. Paul was so serious about this that he said, set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth. So if we'll go to Galatians five, we're going to see something here that ties together. Another one of Paul's letters Galatians chapter five, and Paul's really getting into this thought process that there is a fight between the flesh and the spirit. I'm just telling you, it's a daily thing that we have to make up in our minds. I am going to win this fight daily, and it has to be won daily. One of the things that I was uh, saying when I was preaching in North Carolina last night Um, McKenzie asked the question on Facebook. Some people teach that a social media fast for just fasting one meal isn't a real fast. I think you might mean or just fasting one meal isn't a real fast. If that's true, does that mean that we won't get the spiritual gain if it's not a real fast? It's an excellent question, Um, McKenzie. We cover it in the book. I'll cover it quickly on this broadcast. Uh, biblical fasting was just that biblical fasting. It was a fast. Now the shortest length of fasting that we have in the Bible, the shortest length is fasting from sun up to sundown. Judges chapter 20 and two other passages, first Samuel, second Samuel, sunup to sundown. That is the shortest length we have record of anybody fasting. So that was really maybe taking a meal in the evening social media can be a distraction while you're fasting. Uh, so can television, Netflix, uh, your phone, the internet, anything that would pull your attention away from the Lord. Um, but as I point out in the book, doing that in and of itself is not fasting. But again, I'm fasting a meal a day. I mean, I've fasted a meal a day just by forgetting to eat, you know, and I put this as, uh, um, when I do deal with the chapter on the danger of the Daniel fast, I start with this. There's a quote right here that says this, God is not pleased with any kind of fasting that doesn't crucify the flesh. The reason that we are encouraging people to really get into this fast and fast for real, not a meal a day fast for real. Uh, the only thing I tell people like, look, if you're somebody that's like working construction and like you're exerting energy like hardcore, then yeah, I mean, if you feel like you need to do the six to six fast, do the six to six fast. But I mean, th- the average person, I mean, if you're sitting at a desk, if you're at home, if you're sitting in a cube, I was preaching my guts out for the last nine days and, you know, basically drinking water and a little bit of juice. I mean, if I can fast and preach and have Holy Ghost meetings, you guys can do it. I believe you can do it. I know you can. But I mean, unless you're really exerting yourself hardcore uh, in your job or something, fast for real. I, I, in fact, in the book, I tell people um, I think it would be better to, you know, maybe fast for real for like three days with no food, like the Bible teaches that we should, than to do the Daniel diet. You know, I'm not even going to dignify it anymore by calling it the Daniel fast because it was not a fast in the Bible. Uh, and it was never replicated by anybody in the Bible. It wasn't even referred to as a fast in the Bible. So the Daniel diet in which you can gain weight by eating Daniel diet recipes, it's not a fast. It doesn't crucify the flesh and cutting out one meal a day really does nothing to crucify the flesh because you can eat the other two meals or three meals. If you are a fan of Taco Bell like myself and you believe in the fourth meal Um, You you could eat two or three meals a day after the meal you skipped and still not crucify the flesh. See, the point of fasting is not just missing a meal or it's crucifying the flesh. It's pulling the power and strength out of your flesh. You can't do that any quicker way than uh, taking calories out of it. And so I, I, I love that question because I like the pointedness of it. The pointedness of it is, do we get the spiritual benefits? That's the, that's the plan. Am I pleasing God and will he bless me for my actions? You you understand that? Now Vernon, I deal with that in the book. Um, Is it okay to fast with medical conditions? Um, I'm not a medical expert or a doctor. I don't have any degree in health or anything like that. Um, I know that the Bible commands people to fast. and I know I actually write about that in the Bible or excuse me, what the Bible says. It doesn't really say anything about that, about whether people who are sick should fast. It says healing will spring forth from your fasting and praying, but it doesn't address the question on should a sick person fast. But what I tell people is that, uh, do what you can do. Cause I know people write in and say, well, you know, there's medication I have to take and I can, I have to take it with food, you know? And so No, Brian, he's not. Um, So I would be, I would, you know, in one sense, use wisdom. Don't do something that's going to harm your body, but definitely pray. It's the same thing I say to pregnant mothers. It's the same thing I say uh, to uh, about, you know, children. You know, doctors don't recommend that children fast. They need their nutrition as they grow. Uh, Pregnant mothers are giving nutrition to the baby, but you can still pray. So maybe if you feel like you're at a place where you can't fully fast, like we're doing, Still pray for significant periods of time and watch God bless it. I don't know who coined the phrase Daniel fast. Uh, Brian, when Jesus said, you can tear, you'll tear down this temple three days. I'll build it back up. He's talking about the fact that they would kill his body. And when they killed him, that in three days he would be resurrected again. And in fact, the Bible says that when his disciples uh, saw what took place after the resurrection, they remembered what he said that in three days I would raise it back up again. But it's not dealing with fasting. So we're talking about defeating the the carnal nature. That's a great question, Mackenzie. Thank you for asking it. Defeating the carnal nature of your flesh because there is a fight going on. Man, listen, I wish a meal a day could, could. (laughs) literally, I wish one meal a day could crucify my flesh. (laughs) Like cutting out one meal a day, I mean. I wish it could. (laughs) I really wish it could because I would just skip that meal and then I'd be eating, man. I mean, I would be chowing, but I know, I know how it works. Skipping one meal a day does nothing to curb my flesh. And really, if you want me to be honest with you, it does nothing to curb yours. I'm just being very honest with you. The people who fasted in the Bible, Jesus, the apostles, Old Testament saints, prophets, they fasted and they fasted continually, and they fasted for extended periods of time. So I would encourage you to take a step of dedication and engage in fasting and prayer. Here, as I had you turn to Galatians 5, Paul is dealing with this fight of the flesh against the spirit. The flesh against the spirit. It really... The, the flesh wants to take you out. The flesh nature wants to take you out. But listen, Paul says this in the 16th chapter or the 16th verse of the fifth chapter. He said, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desire, now verse 17 is huge. It is huge. And you gotta get it in your heart because it'll change your life. The desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Now, who is the you he's really referring to here? This is very important. Who is the you Paul's referring to? Not their carnal man. He's not talking about their bodies and he's not talking about their souls. He's talking about their spirit man. The real you is your spirit man. The real you is your spirit man. And the only part of you that with no prompting wants to obey the Lord is the spirit man. Hear what I'm saying. The only part of you that without prompting wants to obey the Lord is the spirit man. Notice your mind needs an extra step. It needs to be renewed. The renewing of your mind without renewing, your mind will go to the carnal side. In fact, that's what he was dealing with, with the Philippians. He said they're like glorying in their shame. God is their belly. So their their flesh is taken over. And then of course, he talks, the last thing he says about them, they're carnal, interested in earthly carnal things. That's their mind. So the mind has to be renewed. So guess, guess what? The mind needs an extra step before it will do things pleasing to the Lord. The flesh, the flesh is never going to please the Lord because as the Bible teaches, it has to be subdued daily. And here's the other thing, God will ultimately have to glorify your body. Just like Jesus' body was glorified, where he go walk through walls, your body will have to be glorified because as long as you're alive on this earth, your body will be carnal and it will want to do the things of the flesh. That's what this verse is all about. Verse 16, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And that's the key. You will not gratify the desires of the flesh. There's only two choices. You can walk in the spirit or you can walk by the flesh, walk by the spirit, or you can walk by the flesh. One leads to destruction. One leads to supernatural manifestation. That's what we're going to have. We're going to have God's blessing. We're going to see manifestation. We're going to see the power of God. Amen. We're going to see blessing manifestation. We're going to see the power of God. In fact, if you believe it, pop it in the comments, I'm going to see the power of God. I'm going to see the power of God. And so here he starts to talk about the fruit of the spirit. That's good, man. That's how you stay out of the flesh, walking by the fruit of the spirit. And we know there's nine fruit of the spirit. He lists them. And then when he's done listing them and he, he finishes with self-control, he says against such things, there is no law. And those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Look at this verse 25. If we live by the spirit, let us also keep in step with the spirit. Hmm. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Praise God. You see that? I love it. I'm going to see the power of God. I'm going to see the power of God. Amen. Keep popping it in. And see, it's dedication. It's this desire. Self-denial is a supernatural thing. It's a biblical thing. It's something that will literally launch, launch your life into victory, launch your life into victory. The supernatural does not just automatically fall on people. Nobody's supernatural by accident. Amen. Nobody is supernatural by accident. We're supernatural by dedication, Now, we're all supernatural beings if we're saved, but I'm talking about manifesting the supernatural. Nobody manifests, and that would be a better and a more accurate way of saying it, but you know what? My previous statement was also true. Nobody is supernatural by accident. You have to get saved, and getting saved is not an accident. (laughs) You have to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, and so... We're going to see the power of God, but it's not going to be by accident. We are taking hold of what God said is ours in 2021, taking hold by faith, but by dedication to take what God said. I'm not going to lean back and say, well, I just hope it comes to pass. I hope this is going to be a year of victory. I hope I run in 2020. No, I'm not hoping anything. I'm taking by power, by the word of God. What God said is mine, faith and action, faith and action. Amen. You will not end this 21 days the same in Jesus name. You will not end this 21 days the same in Jesus name. In fact, if you receive that, pop it in, put it in right now. I will not end this 21 days the same. I know I won't write it, type it out by faith I will not end this 21 days the same in Jesus name. I refuse to, I will not be out of position for promotion by the end of 21 days. See, we do this. We give God the beginning of our year. We give him the beginning of our year and ask him, God, let this be a year that things are supernaturally different. That your power is seen in our lives that it's not going to be something small, it will be something supernatural. so evident, oh I feel like preaching this because and maybe this is what I'll, what I'll kind of put drop into your spirit tonight because and, and you need to share right now because this is a word the Lord just I've never preached this before in this way, never. And it hit me in just the last 24 hours, really, I have never, ever said this, never preached it, never saw it, never saw it, but it hit me about for the last 24 hours, it hit me and the Lord showed me something. He showed me something and I want you to catch it. God's going to bless you or anoint you, use you in such a way that people won't have to study you in order to see it or, or get a hold of it. They won't have to study you. They don't have to zoom in and inspect. They won't need a microscope, my friend. This is going to be so evident. Glory to God. I feel the Holy Ghost on this broadcast. This is going to be so evident. What God does in 2021, nobody will have to, well, I wonder if we we really did have a better year. I wonder if this really, no, it'll be so evident If you, if you guys missed this the other night, when I I'll read it again to you right now, I won't let you be out of the loop. I was doing our daily Bible reading in Exodus 33, and I was just through my normal daily Bible reading. I text Zach. I said, you got to get this verse in your scripture, this or this verse in your spirit. I said, this thing will change your whole 2021 and and it's going to change mine. And then I'm going to show you what the Lord showed me about it, which Zach, you got to stay on because I. I didn't even tell you this part, Exodus 33. And, uh, you heard me say it. Moses is talking to God. Look what Moses said. He said, how shall I be known? How shall it be known? Exodus 33, 16. How shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, me and all the people of Israel? Is it not in your going with us so that we are distinct I and your people from every other people on the face of the earth. Okay. So the Lord let that jump out at me and see that, that his favor, look how Moses said that God's favor would be known or seen in the earth. How is anybody? So basically let me paraphrase what Moses is saying to the Lord. People will be looking at us. Lord, you know People are going to be looking at us as we pass towards our promise or what what it is you've called us to do. They're going to be watching us. They're going to be looking at us. They're going to be inspecting us. How will they even know that we have favor in your sight if you don't go with us so that we will be distinct, distinguished, or the Septuagint said glorified. Beyond all the other peoples of the earth. How will they know? How can they know? You can't just walk around saying, i got favor. Amen. How many know we got favor? We're favored. Amen. How many know we got favor? At some point, it should go beyond confession to manifestation. At some point, we should be able to see that you've got favor. Hallelujah. Good morning slash night, Luanda. Do you get what I'm saying? Do you understand what, where I'm going with that? At some point, it shouldn't just be, I got favor. How many know we got favor? How many know we got favor? How many know we got favor? How many. It should go beyond talking about it. At some point, we should see it. At some point, you should live it. At some point, you should drive it. At some point, you should move into it. At some point, it should be in your hand. At some point, We should, it should be evident. Oh, so Zach, you know where I'm going. I'm getting there. I feel the Holy ghost, but I'm telling you, I've never seen it like this. Never. And it's coming on all of us this year that are faithful. It's coming on the victory tribe. So, right. What is Moses saying? Lord, I'm not going to go around talking about, oh yeah, God is our God. He's our God. We have favor. Amen. We're his people. We're his. No. He said, if you don't go with us, don't bring us up from here. Because the thing that lets people know you're with us is that the favor of your hand is upon our life. And we have distinction. We don't look like everybody else. We don't talk like everybody else. We don't have what everybody else has. Amen. I said, amen. That's the difference. If God's truly with you, if his hands on you, you won't look different. I mean, you'll look different. You won't look the same. You won't look like everybody else. I said, you won't. I wrote that book. What? What's it been now, Tiffany? Four years ago for the blood on the door, blood on the door. Their house didn't even look different with a covenant. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Their house, their house didn't look different or didn't look the same. What did they do? Marked it, marked it, marked it. There's a mark. There ought to be a mark of his presence on your life. I should have a mark of God. And if God's marked us, we should look different than everybody else. Everybody else. Everybody else. If his mark is on your life and on your door and on your family, there's going to be a distinction. Everyone else is dying. They're alive. You hear what I'm saying? The plague is on everybody else. It ain't on them. There's weeping, wailing, and gnashing of teeth through the whole land of Egypt. And among them, it's so peaceful, not even a dog will bark among them. Do you see that? Distinction, distinguished, separated, different. Don't go, Lord, if you won't go with us, don't bring us up from here. Don't bring us up from here. Why? Because how will anybody know our your favors on our life if, if we're not favored by your right hand, right? With a distinction. Now, here's what the Lord showed me. And I about, I'm telling you, I did run around the church, to be honest with you. I did run around the church, even on a fast. The Lord said, Look at what Jesus' life looked like. Look, and he took me to Mark chapter five, where you can go with me, and I'm going to pray for you soon, but go with me now. Mark chapter five. Let me drop this in your spirit on night one. Let me get this in your spirit, and then I'm going to just rub it in. Get this in your spirit and rub it in. That's what the anointing is, the rubbed on presence of God. Mark five, that's the story of Jesus encountering the man with a legion of demons inside of his body. Guy's got a legion of demons. You got a problem. If you got one demon, if you got a legion, you got a real problem. <laughs> I'll catch this now. The Bible says he jumps into a boat and uh, he's headed over to the region of the Gadarenes. This translation says the Gerasenes. Some say the Gergesenes. They came to the other side of the sea. And look at verse 2. And when Jesus, when Jesus stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain, for he'd often been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart, broke the shackles in pieces, and no one had any strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and mountains, he was crying out, cutting himself with stones. Now catch verse six. Verse six will change your life. Until the moment Jesus stepped into the region, the demon-possessed man was the strongest spiritual force in the region. Nobody was stronger than him. They couldn't bind him. They couldn't stop him. And then Jesus shows up. And look at this. In verse 6, and when he saw Jesus from afar... Can you catch this? <laughs> he wasn't right up next to him. He was not standing next to Jesus. He didn't feel, Ooh, I feel the anointing on him. Oh, what is that? No, nope. he was far away, far away. When he saw Jesus from afar, glory to God. <laughs> he ran and fell down before him. And crying out with a loud voice, he said, what have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I adjure you by God. Don't torment me. Begged him not to torment him. Hear this. Hear this. He could recognize the power, the favor, the anointing, the dominion that was on Jesus life from far away. Glory to God. He didn't have to be next to him. Jesus didn't have to hold a prayer line. Jesus didn't have to run after him, say, come out, you devil. No, Jesus just getting off the boat and immediately he feels it, sees it and runs to bow down. Do you know what he felt? Let me just help you with something here. Do you know what those demons felt when Jesus stepped on the shore? Danger, 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 danger. They felt threatened. They felt danger. And they knew, listen to me, they knew immediately who had the power because they ran and bowed down low before him and begged him, please don't harass us. Please don't. That means they knew he could harass them. And yes, he could. (laughs) Yes, he could. They knew it from afar off. Now, that reminded me the Holy Ghost popped it up in my spirit when I was preaching. Of the story of the transition of power between Elijah and Elisha. And if you go back to 2 Kings chapter 2 where the transition's taking place, Bible says, Elisha told him, "I want a double portion of your spirit." He said, "You've asked a hard thing." Yet, if you see me when I go, you'll have it. And so in second Kings two, there's a story where they're across the Jordan river. Remember what happened? Elijah took his mantle, struck the water, the water parted. They walked across together on dry ground and then the water closed back up. As they continued to walk, the chariot of fire showed up and took Elijah from Elisha. And the Bible says Elisha took the mantle of his father, Elijah, hallelujah, walked back to the water. Actually, I'm going to turn there because I want you to, I want you to see this too. Walks back to the water and shouts out, I'm in, uh, second Kings two verse 14. <laughs> oh, Hallelujah. Then he took the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water saying, where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And when he had struck the water, the water was parted to the one side and to the other. And Elisha went over. Now, when the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho saw him opposite them, they said, the spirit of Elijah rests upon Elisha. And look at this. And then they came to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. Same deal. But notice here, notice he didn't have to come all the way back to Jericho and say, Hey guys, I got the anointing. Hey guys, I got the double portion. Hey guys, I'm the new prophet. He didn't have to do it. He smote the water, it parted, he begins to walk across, and as he does, they're back at Jericho, and they're pointing to say, look, here he comes back across, surely the spirit of Elijah rests upon Elisha. Can you see it? Surely. And then they ran to him. Glory to God. And what did they do? They bowed to the ground before him. Glory to God. Let me prophesy to you as you're walking in this power, anointing, and favor in this new year, everything that used to try to harass you is going to bow down before you in Jesus' name. Everything that tried to stand against you is going to bow down before you in the mighty name of Jesus. From afar off, I'm talking about this. When God decides to bless you in this year of 2021, which he has decided to do, he's looking for faithful people. He's looking for dedicated people as he blesses you. It's not going to be something where people are going to inspect your life. So, well, did you really get a blessing? No, it's going to be something that people will recognize from afar off glory to God they won't have to wonder if you're blessed they won't have to inspect you and see if you're blessed they won't have to question you to know if you're blessed they'll be able to look at your life see your increase and they'll have to be able to do it from afar off they saw Jesus from afar they saw Elisha from afar and they'll see you from afar it will be something that is evident hallelujah man I'm telling you I feel this tonight Evident there's a distinction between you and everybody else. Glory to God. There's a distinction between you and everybody else. You'll not look the same. You'll not be the same. You'll not feel the same. I'm telling you. It's going to manifest in such a way that it'll make the wicked angry. And God will do it to rub it in the face of the wicked. <laughs> Put it in the comment. We might have to make a T-shirt on this one. Put it in the comments. hashtag Angry Wicked Face. <laughs> hashtag Angry Wicked Face. <laughs> <laughs> angry wicked face. I wouldn't mind putting that on something. i just wearing it around. Hey, what's that mean? Hashtag angry wicked face. <laughs> just making, just making them angry. Let them hate, let them get mad. But the Bible says they'll shrink away and the, and the plans of the wicked will come to nothing, come to nothing. <laughs> Hashtag angry wicked face. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Hashtag angry, wicked face. Cause they're going, listen to me. They're going to be angry. Touch Alexander, Lord, in Jesus name. No more headaches. I curse those headaches loose and let go be made whole. Hashtag angry, wicked face. If you didn't put it in the comments, put it in the comments. Cause I've got a desire to fulfill the word of God in 2021. And the Bible says that we will be so blessed that the wicked will see it and gnash their teeth in anger, grind their teeth, hashtag angry, wicked face, and then melt away. Yeah. Yeah. The happier we get, the angrier they get. I'm going to laugh my way into my blessing all year long, all year long. <laughs> that's going to that's gonna be your story. That's going to be my story. And I'm going to tell you, every person that's faithful to the word of God, it'll be their story. Hashtag angry, wicked face. <laughs> Glory to God. It's going to be such a good year. It's going to blow people's minds, man. From afar off. They're going to see it from afar off. It's going to be that evident. I'm going to pray for you tonight. Joseph Arnold said, there's no teeth in Vermont. Gnashing gums. (laughs) We might have to put that together on a t-shirt. We'll see. Angry wicked face. (laughs) but I want to pray for you because I'm telling you this is going to be a different kind of year. And 2020 was great. 2021 is going to blow it away. I said, 2021 is going to blow it away in Jesus name. So I want you to bow your head wherever you're watching, unless you're driving somewhere and receive this tonight, father, in the name of Jesus, I'm praying for every person watching every man, every woman, those, if they may even listen on the podcast, whatever Avenue people are joining in on this Word. I pray that faith would so leap in their heart, so leap in their heart, a spirit of faith, the gift of faith, in Jesus' name, that they would begin to quickly see these things come to pass. Don't let January come to an end without us being in position for a blessing. In Jesus' wonderful name, for promotion. We're going to run through 2021, Lord, just as you promised, and we'll not be hindered by anything. Now, Lord, here's what I'm asking. Supernaturally, before this month comes to an end, open the windows of heaven over your people in the mighty name of Jesus. Pour out blessings that they don't have room to contain by the power of your Holy Spirit. Let this be a year of the supernatural and we'll hold it in our hand and people will see it from afar off. In Jesus' wonderful name, we love you, Lord. We give you glory, honor, And praise in Jesus name. If you believe it and receive the prayer and you know, God's getting ready to bless you in such a way, people will see it from afar off, throw some fire in the comment section and let me know that you receive this word tonight by the power of the Holy Ghost in Jesus name. Don't forget, listen, the brand new book, uh, a complete guide to biblical fasting is available. It's available on shop.miracleword.com. It's available on Amazon, wherever you are in the world. I think it's available in all territories. And then of course, the ebook is available everywhere on Kindle and also on Apple Books. You can get it anywhere. Get it. It will build your faith. Probably the most important work I've ever done in print form. Grab it. It'll bless you. People are getting theirs today. People keep keep on getting theirs. I'm telling you, it's going to bless you abundantly. Can I encourage you tonight to sow a seed into this ministry? If you're blessed, listen to me, if you're blessed by this ministry, if this word is stirring your faith, show it to the Lord by an action, sow a seed. I love you, Caitlin. Love Mike. Not yet, Fabiola. Coming soon. Many ways you can sow, many ways you can give. You can go to miracleword.com, PayPal, Cash App, Venmo, hashtag donate. Love you too, Jackie. But can I encourage you? Take a minute to sow a seed. Do something big. Do something that the Lord can honor. Do something that the Lord can get on. Let me say, if you're believing for that kind of blessing, for hashtag angry wicked face, it won't come. Caitlin, thank you. That's that's a seed of faith. I receive it. It's not going to come from something that doesn't move you. Has to move your faith if it's going to move God. And so it takes, yes, it takes dedication, but it's the dedicated that are blessed. It's the dedicated that are blessed. Yes, Emmy, that's a great question. Once you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, anyone and all people can speak in tongues. Yes, that's true. That is true. But not all tongues are one of the nine gifts of the Spirit, tongues, or tongues coupled with tongues and interpretation. Sometimes... It's a personal prayer language being manifested. For example, doesn't always require uh, interpretation. Sometimes it's just you praying in an unknown tongue. Bible teaches that. Great question. Those that are sowing, we're gonna bless you. Those that are sowing largely, we're gonna bless you. We appreciate you. I know you don't sow to get a gift in the mail or a book or. But we do it to say thank you. But I want to say this. I feel this. I believe that, Johnny. I believe that, Johnny. I believe this. God's speaking to some people to so largely. And I usually never say anything like this. But I feel it tonight on this word. God is speaking to some people to so largely. More than you have in the past. God is speaking to some people to start your year with a seed that will prepare you for a year like you've never had something that is sacrificial. And if you watch this program uh, often and you watch it, no, I never say stuff like this, but I feel this tonight. God's talking right now. You hear him. Those of you that he's talking to, you hear his voice and he's telling you to do something that's big, it's big to you. I know big is a relative term. Thank you, Liz, love you. I know big is a relative term, but God is speaking to you to do something big that will take faith. Some of you, you've never sown a $1,000 seed in your entire life. And the Lord's speaking to you tonight to do that. Hear his voice and obey him. There's people watching tonight that God's prompting you to sow a $2,500 seed, hear his voice, obey him. Some of you, he's prompting you at that $5,000 level. You've never stepped up and he's blessed you and he's blessed you. Maybe you've sowed a thousand, you've, you've sown largely, but you've never hit that $5,000 level and he's speaking to you tonight. It's time to step up. Maybe it's $10,000 he's speaking to you to do. My wife and I just dropped one of the, not one of the, the largest seed we've ever sown. You know what I did because I believe in this? I sowed number one from us personally. I sowed number two from this ministry. And then number three, I sowed two the men of God, to the men of God. I sow to the kingdom, and I sow to God's men who are in the kingdom. I do this to keep myself in a place of blessing, but hear what I'm saying tonight. Don't let this pass you by. You'll know if, and I say this again, because you'll know that I don't, you know, there's some people that every time they get on, there's a word about, I'm just telling you, I feel something strong in my spirit. He's speaking, God is speaking. These are the kinds of moments that really, they change your life, they change your ministry. When Bishop David Oyedepo came to the United States, one of the first times I ever saw him, I knew that I could not meet the man. The Lord spoke to me. He said, he's so blessed your spirit. He's so, you've listened to his messages for the last two, three years, and you've received so much revelation, you've gone up. Honor the man. My wife and I agreed. I made out an offering for $10,000, not from the ministry, from me, from me, made an offering for $10,000. I went to his meeting to see him. And as he was leaving, I got to be right where he was leaving. And I put that in his hand, $10,000 seed. I'd never uh, done it like that before. Thank you, Jennifer, for sowing. I'd never done it like that before. I put a $10,000 seed in his hand, and I said, I love you, God bless you. He said, God bless you, thank you. He's a very humble man, very kind. I've met him a couple of times. Put it in, and can I tell you something? Our ministry was at a place where it felt like we had a ceiling, a ceiling, a ceiling, a ceiling. And it it sounded like we couldn't bust past the ceiling. Carolyn, if if she's watching, she could attest to this. But when we released that one seed, I want you to hear this one seed. Thank you, Luenda. When we released that one seed, everything opened up in this ministry and in our lives personally. Everything. The ministry, without question, and easily. Went to a new level financially, with partners, open doors. I mean, it was so evident there was no way to even say, well, I don't know if that worked. Oh, it works. And we've never, listen to this, we've never stopped increasing violently. Never. Never. And we continue on. See, at that time, it was the largest seed I'd ever sown. It's no longer the largest seed I've ever sown. I've sown much larger than that. And so sowing, sowing, and what I found out is this, there are moments when the Holy Ghost is speaking to you that's beyond just, this is a step of faith. Sometimes it's a life-changing seed, which that was, that $10,000 seed was a life-changing seed. It was a ministry-changing seed. Never forget it. And everything began to break. Everything began to jump to new levels. And I'm just telling you right now that you need to do what the Lord's speaking to you to do. And it's different for everybody. It's different for everybody. It could be 500 for somebody. It could be 10,000 for another person, but you have to hear it. And when you hear it and you obey it, things start to break loose like they never have. And that's what my prayer is for you. Father, speak to your children tonight tell them what you would have them to sow, what you'd have them to give. And I pray that Lord, as they obey you, as they obey your voice, that the windows of heaven would open over their house and that things they've never had happen for them would begin to happen in this new year of 2021. Let January be a month to rejoice in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you. We give you praise. Amen. Right there on the screen, the ways you can give if you'd like to sow your seed, miracleword.com, PayPal, Cash App, Venmo, and as others have been doing in the comments, if you're in Facebook or Periscope or Twitter, you can use hashtag donate. I love you so very much. I'm gonna be back again tomorrow morning, 10.30 a.m. You're not gonna wanna miss it. We're gonna have a powerful week all week this week and next as we complete the last half of this fast. By the way, today's day 10 coming to an end. Tomorrow's the 11th day. We're going from January the 2nd through the 22nd. January 2nd through 22nd, we're praying, we're fasting, and then I'm speaking to you twice a day to build your faith, set you on fire. Before we go, put it in the comments, from far away. That's how people are gonna see your blessing. Last thing I'll have you write, from far away. Pop it in. Know it's true. It's coming to pass for you. Have a wonderful night. Be blessed. Have peaceful rest. Lord, give your people peaceful, sweet sleep. Best they've ever had. Nothing hindering them. Nothing running through their mind. No turmoil. Thank you, Lord. Peaceful rest and sweet sleep. In Jesus' wonderful name we thank and give you praise. I love you. Thanks for sowing. Be blessed. And I'll see you again tomorrow in the morning. Later. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.